0: three two one hey folks welcome back to another episode of the my tech Decisions podcast on today's episode we talk to dustin childs the senior communications manager at zero day initiative about the april patch tuesday in the nearly 200 vulnerabilities patched by microsoft and adobe There are quite a few patches that admins will want to prioritize, so take a listen before you roll out those those patches. Before we get to Dustin, here's a quick reminder to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, and Spotify to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right decisions for your organization. And now, here's Dustin. All right, so Dustin, uh, thanks for coming back for another uh, Patch Tuesday episode. so, we obviously want to get to the Microsoft patches, but uh, Adobe also uh, released fixes for 70 CVs itself. Um, yes. you know, which, which Adobe patches uh, or which Adobe bugs stand out to you?
1: Well, the update for Adobe Reader, uh, first of all, it's just huge. I, th- I think it was some 50, more than 50 CVEs total, and a lot of those were critical rated. So definitely yeah. pay attention to that one, especially because PDFs are such a wide attack surface. Right. So uh, it's very easy to send someone a specially crafted PDF and convince them to open it, and that's the exact attack scenario that they're looking mm-hmm. for. So definitely pay attention to that. Uh, I noticed there were quite a few Photoshop. Uh, bugs as well. So if you use Photoshop a lot, definitely pay attention to that.
0: Right. Um, Yes. Now on to Microsoft. So 128 uh, CVEs, that's um, quite a few after maybe a a couple months of relatively light, you know, lighter patch Tuesdays anyway. Yes. Um, You know, what's your analysis on on that?
1: Uh, Well, interestingly, it's a trend that we've seen in the last few years where the first three months will not be as heavy and then Um, April gets really big. Uh, yeah. However, this level we haven't really seen since June of 2020, and oh, wow. 2020 was just a huge year for Microsoft patches. Right. Uh, so it's definitely interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see next month if this level continues or if it goes back down to something a bit more reasonable.
0: Yeah. So let's drill down into some specific uh, CVEs here. So um, in your blog, you highlight the um, RBC runtime bug first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know why prioritize this one?
1: I highlighted that one first because technically it's wormable. So if you are able to take over a system, there's no user interaction involved. You're uh, executing code with elevated privileges, uh, and you can hit it from the network. So that all adds up to make it wormable. But another reason I I highlighted this is administrators tend to overlook bugs like this simply because they think I'm blocking this at my perimeter. I don't need to prioritize Mm. this. Uh, however, it really, this, these are the sorts of bugs that advanced attackers really look for because it allows lateral movement within a network very easily. Right. Uh, so that's that's definitely why I put it at the top of my list. It's one of those things. We've seen bugs, RPC bugs in the past get exploited. It would not surprise me to see this uh, get exploited again. Uh, so mm-hmm. definitely prioritize that and take it seriously.
0: So speaking of uh, potentially more mobile bugs, uh, you highlight, um... Windows network file uh, RCEs, uh, two of them both, sorry about that, both at a, a 9.8, um, you know, can you take, can you talk about those?
1: Yeah, the NFS ones are pretty much <clears throat> almost at the level of the RPC that you mentioned the high CVSS. Uh, NFS is not uh, turned on by default, whereas RPC is on by default. Uh, so it's a little bit less uh, as far as the likelihood, but if you're using NFS, that's one of the things where it definitely could be wormable between NFS uh, systems. And there's also guidance from Microsoft on how to get this through the perimeter. So I'm not sure how common a configuration that is, but especially if that's a configuration that you use, you really need to make sure that you're paying attention to the NFS patches uh, because those need to be rolled out very quickly, very serious bugs, and again, potentially wormable between systems that have NFS enabled. So take care of those pretty quickly.
0: All right. So there were eighteen uh, DNS server RCES. Um, yes. Yeah, that's insane. You highlight you highlight one of them. Um, so what makes what makes you know the one you highlight stand out against the other seventeen? Uh,
1: I chose that one simply because it involved code execution. Some of the other ones uh were involving uh, info disclosure uh, but really the one i picked uh, happened to be the most exploitable from what i uh, looked at but really once you get to 18 cves you need to update your dns server it's all going to be one patch uh you're looking at a bunch of different bugs there are a bunch of different scenarios uh however when you take the overall risk into factor you just if you've got a patch your dns server mm-hmm. uh, 18 bugs And yes, some of the bugs definitely have some mitigating factors, whether it be uh, dynamic DNS enabled, uh, some require a level of privilege or a level of authentication. uh, But there are definitely some that are are pretty common scenarios that you need to be concerned about. DNS is pretty much the keys to the kingdom, as they say. So definitely take care of that, uh, test test it quickly, uh, and then deploy it.
0: Is this the only um, uh, code execution bug in... Uh, DNS uh,
1: this month? Let me see. I think there were more, uh, but they had mitigating oh. factors that would make them not as gotcha. severe.
0: Okay, I just want to clear that up because I call. So I um, mistakenly said there were 18 DNS server RCEs in there, or not? Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, there's at least one information disclosure, but then I think everything else is RCE. Looking at my table okay. here, yeah, gotcha. so 17 RCEs and one info disclosure. Gotcha.
0: Um. So print yet again, uh, 15 print spooler bugs, uh, should yes. we just expect to see these every month now?
1: I think we're going to continue to see print spooler vulnerabilities for a while. The print spooler is a, a complicated mechanism. It's a very wide attack surface, and uh, researchers are definitely plumbing the depths, looking for lots of bugs, and clearly there are still lots of bugs to be found. Uh, my only hope is that we don't have a repeat of some of the past patches, which led to compatibility issues or led to uh, breaking of printing functionality. So we can just kind of expect, a, like we used to get browser updates every month, we can kind of expect print cooler updates every month or pretty commonly. And my hope is that they just are a high quality enough that they're not breaking anything once they install. Right, right,
0: yeah. <laughs> um... So we also saw uh, maybe a handful of Hyper-V bugs. Are there anything to be concerned about?
1: Uh, they definitely, uh, if you're using Hyper-V, you definitely should be concerned about them. Uh, they're mostly, the, the most severe ones are guest-to-host escape. So you'd have to be a guest on a host operating system and then you would be able to escalate and uh, execute code on the underlying host OS. And that's a very serious uh, type of thing. I, you know, here at the ZDI, we offer a lot of money for those types of bugs. Uh, okay. But definitely, I mean, it's still a scenario where you have to have some permission starting out. You have to be authorized on the server and then to go underneath that, that's where you really start to worry about. So definitely if you're running Hyper-V in your environment, that that's another thing you need to really pay attention to. Anytime a guest to host escape, that's, that's pretty much golden right there. Right. And yeah,
0: any, any others that, you know, um, that you think IT should prioritize?
1: Well, there was one bug that was under active attack, and that's a bug in the Windows common log file system driver. Uh, And that uh, it's an elevation of privilege. So you would have to either log on to a system and then run a specially crafted program or combine it with another bug. And usually what happens, it it gets combined with something like a PDF, like we talked about earlier. So the PDF would do the code execution and it would execute this to escalate privileges, take over a system. Uh, In addition to being under active attack, it was reported by the National Security Agency, NSA. Mm. So those are definitely the bugs we look out for. Um, There's no reason to think now that it's very widespread, but it's definitely the sort of thing. It's like we're aware it's in the wild and it's coming in from the NSA and I believe CrowdStrike as well. So uh, definitely pay attention to that and make sure that you take care of that one. Right, right.
0: So quickly, I want to talk about uh, Microsoft AutoPatch, which is uh, coming uh, maybe, I think, in a uh, handful of months now. Um, what does this do to patch Tuesdays, and are we, do we even need to uh, talk anymore once that, once that comes along?
1: Um, yeah, I have to be careful here because I could go on about this for a while. It's a very interesting right. thing. Uh, so Microsoft has, for over a decade tried to automate the patch process as much as possible. Starting with automatic updates and Office updates, and then Windows updates through SCCM and WSUS servers and Intune, uh, and now auto patch. Uh, it definitely is going to be a game changer for enterprises that have E3 contracts and above, which oh. is what it, they're offering to you right now. Uh, however, the the small to medium businesses and the home users are still going to have to go through the patch Tuesday. So patch Tuesday is not going away quite yet. Um, It's good from Microsoft's point of view. It allows them to kind of consolidate a bunch of different configurations. Mm. Uh, However, for enterprises, uh, it's handing over your active directory to Microsoft and whether or not you trust them for configurations on that. Uh, I've seen some response from sysadmins that they say, yes, we're doing this as soon as it comes up. Uh, Other sysadmins are saying, no, there's no way I'm I'm letting them essentially take over my systems for doing this. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see the deployment and how it goes. One of the things that does concern me is uh, with the different rings, you're rolling out things at a different pace. Um, And we've seen in the past where exploits go from patch Tuesday to exploit Wednesday pretty quickly. Um, So that's leaving a large portion of your enterprise pretty much undetected unprotected so that could be uh, that could be a problem and then. uh, For everything else, you still need your patch infrastructure, so this could even if this works perfectly this handles all your windows and office and great, you're good to go there. But that doesn't account for your Adobe's, your Oracle's, your Cisco's, your IBM's, your everything else that you have to patch. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that infrastructure, especially on a large enterprise, still needs to remain in place. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if Microsoft ever pulls any third parties into this as well. So that may be their long-term goal. Uh, So yeah, there's a lot of questions around it. Uh, It's certainly an interesting thing Uh, I am all for whatever it takes to get more systems patched quickly. So let's hope this works out. Uh, Yeah, I think Second Tuesday, Patch Tuesday, is going to be with us for a little bit longer.
0: All right. Well, good to know that we can continue this podcast for at least a a little bit longer. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. All right, Dustin, thanks thanks again for stopping by.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.